Um, Thanksgiving is over. Now in our home, you get to play Christmas music. I'm the type of person that's like, no Christmas anything before Thanksgiving. And so it's like, all right, I don't wanna, it, it just puts me in a joyful, exciting mood. And not that I don't want joy and excitement before, Chris, uh, before Thanksgiving, it's just, it, it, it's a different type of joy and excitement. So after we finished eating, I don't know who said it, but they was like, all right, play some Christmas music on Thursday. So uh, I really, that really hit home with me, uh, Jenny, when you were talking about like not feeling it. This morning, it was just like, ah, it's like I was having to get myself into overdrive, just like, okay, 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 Lord. And I know part of it for me was just like this idea of performance, you know, just like, okay, not performing. It's, it's, there's this thing to, to me, it's like, uh, being who you're supposed to do, being who you're supposed to be, and then trying to do things in excellence. And it's like, if I overreach too much, there's this performance I try to attain, you know? And it's just like, okay, but God, who have you created me to be? What I, what, what I need to be doing that's of me and not, or what, how you've created me and not of, not of me. So that hit home. So thanks for sharing that, Jenny. Uh, this morning, I want to talk to us about our youth ministry and what's going on with youth ministry. Uh, I think you've heard about it. You've probably seen advertisements about it, but you probably don't know what really is going on. And so with that, I, don't, I not only want to tell you what's going on with our Blue Month youth group, but, but just like this idea of why reaching youth and, and, and why it's important uh, to reach youth. And so um, before I get into what we are doing, you know, just kind of the details, the practicalness of some of those things or the practical things we're doing, you know, why, the why. And, th and three verses came to mind when I was uh, thinking about this. And the first one uh, is in John 6. And if you remember uh, in John 6, this is when Jesus feeds the 5,000. And if you would just read along with me, uh, if you don't have your Bibles, you can open up, if you have your Bibles, open up John 6, whether it's on your phone or the actual thing, or just read from the screen. And um, see, I started at one, so we'll go at one. It says, after this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there sat down with his disciples. And now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand. And this is important to know that the Passover was coming. All right. And so people were thinking about Thanksgiving. They were thinking about food. All right. And so but instead of preparing for Passover, they were they were hanging out with Jesus. That's important to realize. So lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are you to buy bread? Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said, to he said this to test them. And it's interesting. Jesus puts us in a lot of situations where he wants to test us, not for his diabolical joy, but for just like to help us see where we're at. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five uh, barley loaves and two fish, but what, where, what are they for so many? And I think we know the rest of the story, all right? So the Passover is, ha is happening. These people are seeing what Jesus is doing. So they're hanging out with Jesus. And, and Jesus is like, look, man, we got to feed these people. And some translations, the disciples are asking Jesus, how, go ahead and send them home because, look, man, I, I know what the details is going to be. We're going to have to figure out how to feed them. But Jesus knew what he wanted to do because the Passover feast was coming. So Jesus... And his miraculousness provides a buffet for these people. But what I find most interesting is that 
is that he uses a boy to do it. Now, in this, you're gonna hear me talk about a boy quite often, all right? And, and we don't have the exact age of this boy, but I'm assuming he's younger than the disciples. And in many translations, or in many, or in, uh, whether it's uh, Hebrew or Greek, sorry, I don't remember, there's this word, ne-ar, N-A apostrophe A-R, which could mean a young man, it could mean, uh, uh, when I say young man, someone between 12 and 18, it could mean a, uh, a younger, uh, like a 21-year-old, 25-year-old between that age group who's unmarried, and it could also mean some type of servant male. Okay, so don't know exactly where this kid is at, but he's in that kind of, in that, that range. And, and he says to this, he says, look, here's a boy. With, uh, Andrew said, here's a boy with five loaves and two fish. And originally, when I heard this, I had heard someone say, hey, you know, this miracle isn't as big as you think it is, right? I mean, these people are out walking around. They got food with them. But when you read the other translation, and, and I believe that for a moment, it's like, yeah, I can see how that, yeah, I can see how that has some truth. But when you read the other translations, it talks about how these people were, in a sense, empty-handed. That here's a boy, because he said, hey, send, hey, you guys go out and figure out what, what's out there. And one person comes back with a boy with food. So the the context would tell us that hey as they checked with everyone else no one else had food and so the point i want us to realize is in this and thinking about youth ministry is like man if we give kids in their lack of wisdom i'm talking about young people middle school high school even younger in their lack of wisdom lack of experience lack of whatever care whatever we might think negative about young people if we give them an opportunity to use what they have man jesus just might do a miracle he just might do a miracle. And so this kid comes with his lunch, his, his bread and fish, and God does this miracle to um, go on. It's, it's interesting, the idea of youth ministry. Uh, when I was in Lawrence doing youth ministry, I would invite uh, some of our staff to come speak to youth. And one particular staff member goes, what am I going to say to them? I'm like, they're people. Tell them about Jesus. It's like, man, I've never spoken to youth before. I, I don't know, they, they, they kind of scare me. It's like, they're just people. You know, you were young once. Tell them what you would tell yourself if you were their age. You know, it can be intimidating. Youth ministry can be intimidating, especially since the culture changes so fast. And they're, they're typically the ones who are catching on to the culture or, or imparting the culture. Um, and so how do you catch up with them, things like that? So. Um, if you let kids, if you decide this idea of, man, how can we have these students, particularly middle school and high school, show up with what they have and give them responsibilities and let just see, let's just see if Jesus would do a miracle. The second story I want to tell you is from uh, 2 Kings 2. And this is kind of a reverse of what happens when kids don't have, when they're not put to use, not put to uh, using their responsibilities or talents. In 2 Kings 2, it reads, so the water has been healed. So the water has been, so this is Elisha, and he had just got um, his double portion from, uh, from Elijah. He had healed some water. Um, and in verse 23, he was on his way to Bethel. And while he was going up on the way, some boys came out of the city and jeered at him saying, go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head. Anybody ever read this story before? Anyone ever been curious about like this, this story? Like, man, why did, 
you know, God let this happen, right? In the sense that, and verse 24 says, and he turned around and he went and he saw them. He cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys. Oh, my Lord. Mm. When I think about respecting your elders, it's, it's, it's funny to me. I grew up in inner city Houston and uh, there was a lot of things that was either hypocritical or coincidental of some of the men that I looked up to. Uh, if, as many of you know, I helped start a gang, and so that was something that was inspirable for me, inspirable to me in a sense, man, I, that's why I found significance, that's why I found uh, uh, um, uh, a purpose. And some of these gang dudes who I wasn't necessarily affiliated with, they had honor codes or they had these, this level of um, honor and respect for the hood that I was confused by. An example is in Texas, they have uh, this thing that says, don't mess with Texas. Don't throw trash out. And they use, use the phrase, don't mess with Texas. So one day someone is driving down our neighborhood and just throws out this lunch pail, McDonald's or whatever. And this guy yells out, don't boop with Texas, this gangster. And I'm like, bro, but aren't you the one selling drugs in our neighborhood? And so one of the things I learned from one of these gangsters was um, you would see these guys go, hey, 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 man, don't talk to your mom that way. Hey, hey, don't talk to those old people like that. Hey, man, treat them, treat them nice, this and that. And I'm like, but bro, didn't you just shoot somebody last week? You know, but th th there's this honor and respect that you see here that, they sh that these young people should have had for Elisha. And the re th what it said is that these particular were probably 42 boys who were supposed to be servants of the priest that was, that was operating at the, the temple in Bethel. Okay, but at that time, Bethel wasn't a place that was glorifying God. So they were, in a sense, working for the other team. And so when they heard, oh, there's Elisha, hey, you going up there, ball head, they're kind of like, hey, whatever you want to do, try to go up there and do it. But, you know, in a sense, representing their God, like, hey, you're not going to be able to do it, whatever. So God, so in that moment, um, Elisha turned around and cursed him, and two she bears came out and ate him. And so this idea that, man, when you don't, they should have been, one, in their temple doing whatever they needed to do to serve. And so what happens is when we don't give youth an opportunity to use their responsibilities, uh, to use their talents, to give them a purpose, they're gonna do whatever they wanna turn to to do. And if we go back within the last three to four years, we see that in the streets. We see that in the uh, activism that is taking place. We see that in the riots that have taken place. We saw it, um, was it three days ago? It was a Nike shop. I don't know if you guys saw that, but kids ran in with bags, you know, they're fully hooded, bags and they're just stealing boxes of shoes. One kid, as they have a bag full of shoes, they grab a whole clothing uh, rack of hoodies. Like, what are you gonna do with a small, medium, and largest? You know, you're not that big. So, but that's what happens. My mom used to say, an idle mind is a devil workshop. And so I used to look for that in the Bible, but I didn't find it in there, so. <laughs> But it's true, you know, if someone doesn't have something to do, they tend to, tends to turn to something that does not glorify God. Um, and so my mom rule was, especially as we were young, she put us into sports. And she didn't do that because she thought I was the next Bo Jackson. She thought, it, she said, you know what, he needs something to do, he needs to work out his aggression. And it also gave her free daycare. So I wasn't that bad of a kid. Third story, and then I'll move into the, some of the practicalness of what uh, we're doing uh, with the youth. Uh, First Samuel 17, and unlike uh, the, these 42 boys, but more like the boy who showed up with the fish and bread, we see uh, 
David show up with some experience. He shows, shows up at a party with some experience, and let's just read what it, what it talks about. Uh, verse 28, now, Elab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, talking about David. Dave, uh, David's dad had sent him to uh, the, the fight where they're about to fight Goliath, and he said, hey, take this to your brothers. They might, they, they might be a little hungry or need a little snack, and so he, you know, he left his sheep and whatnot with uh, a servant, and he went up to uh, take this and then he began to hear Goliath, um, you know, taunting God's army. And so he was like, no, this is not right. This has got army. I'll do something about it. And so his eldest brother heard him speaking to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. He said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumptions and the evil of your heart. For you have come down here to see the battle. If that's not brothers bickering, I don't know what it is, right? Yeah, you guys have probably said that. You don't, know, you don't belong here. Get out of here or something, you know, fighting. And David said, what have I done now? What is it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as before. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul. And he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth. Okay, so we know he was young, whether that youthfulness was a lack of experience in fighting uh, in a war, it was age-wise, whatever it was, he had some type of youthfulness. <clears throat> and, 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 uh, and he has been a man of war from youth. So I'm, 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 I'm thinking that it's probably his, his, his ability to fight in a war, that how young he was. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when, they came, and when there came a lion or a bear and, and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. And that's pretty interesting. I never noticed that. He caught him by his beard. So he caught the lion by the... Ayana is watching this show, uh, Joe's Animals. It's up, this dude has like two tigers, four lions. Uh, it's like the Oklahoma guy that had the tiger, the Lion King, whatever it is. And he's like laying and wrestling with these lions. I'm like, man, you are crazy. <clears throat> but he grabbed, he grabbed him by his beard, struck him, and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this, <clears throat> and this uncircumcised Philistine should be one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear would deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and they, may the Lord be with you. And so one of the things, I mean, you, you, you look at this, and here's, a, here's this, this, this guy, this young man, David, right, who, who's given responsibility to take care of those sheep. All right? And so he did that with his life. And so one of our goals is like, man, what can we give youth? How can we not only draw youth in, give them a vision and a purpose greater than anything they can ever imagine and give them responsibilities, give them a life, give them something purpose that, that, that they could throw themselves into at this age and, 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 and do it with their lives. And this is what, what uh, David did. And so how can we get youth, young people, to fight the giants of their day? I remember growing up, part of uh, why I went into the gang and, and did what I did and sold drugs was because there was no father in the home. Fatherness, fatherlessness was one of the biggest giants, and in, 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 in many ways still is in our uh, nation and in our communities, right? And so fighting that, 
was something. That's, that's one reason I always just, man, I want to be a father. Drugs, right? That drugs, sports, that's where we were supposed to throw our identity in. Uh, that's what that, that was, was going to give us the hope and destiny. And so that's what I went against. That's what I went into. But as I came, uh, when I was freshman in, um, uh, at KU, gave my life to Christ and realized, man, that's, that's not where my hope and my purpose is. That's not where my significance is. It's like, okay, I want to fight against that giant. I want to help these young people see that fatherlessness, it doesn't have to be what dictates your life. Gangs, violence, drugs, these other things. We know today in today's world, especially among youth, right, drugs, it's, it's okay. It's, 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 it's not okay. It's, this, it's the culture that says it's okay. Sex before marriage, it's okay. Everyone's doing it. It's okay. I, um, one of the things we're able to do is volunteer over at Eisenhower Middle School. Many of you were part of that, um, helping during the summer. And uh, there's one, one young lady, um, broken homes, living with her aunt. She's back and forth from aunt and grandmother, but she was so high off marijuana that she couldn't walk into school. And marijuana today is not the same marijuana that I was smoking and selling, right? It's laced with different fentanyls. But this idea that it's okay to be involved in drugs and to give up our sexuality, that uh, we can lack the respect and value authority, that it's okay to move foolishly. And so these are just some of the giants we want to prepare our young people to be able to fight in their day, be able to stand up and represent. And so the question then is, what, what are some of the things we're doing to, uh, to prepare these kids, uh, the young people that's coming around that, um, to get them involved? What, what are some of those things? Um, and, and this is what those are. Um, uh, so first and third Wednesdays, we're doing big Wednesdays. We want to invite young people to come, be a part of what we're doing. Um, I'm going to stand to the side because part of some of the notes I have are on the, on the slides. And so uh, Big Wednesdays are for middle school and high school students. You know a middle school or high school student, don't, don't feel afraid to invite them. Hey, you, hey, I, hey, I don't know if you're part of a church or not, but hey, our church is doing some big events on first and third Sunday, uh, Wednesdays. We'd love for you to be a part. Um, and then on the next slide, you'll see, here's some of the things we want to accomplish on those days. <clears throat> uh, one, are we inviting friends? Two, having fun, right? Going into those... Uh, three F's that uh, Jenny talked about. Fun, friends, and food. All right, you got to have food. I mean, Jesus had food and he had a buffet, so we don't always do buffets, but it's, it's, it's good. I think we do need to implement a fresh a fish fry. What do you think, Ian? <laughs> so a message about how Jesus has influenced the life, right? So that's, in, a, in, a, in other words, a testimony. There's some type of testimony or, or scripture being shared and how that has applied to someone's life and then building relationships. And so check this video out from our first, um, one of our first meetings uh, for our Big Wednesday. Any, any sound on that? No sound. Oh, right. And so quick, just a recap of that, just the, the fun, the, the kids that were there, they love it. They enjoyed it. Here's one testimony one young lady said after coming to one of the Big Wednesdays. She said, I've been to other youth groups, but this feels like a youth group. Gee, I, I didn't know how to type youth group, but that's what she said. Everyone seems like they know each other here. And if you've been a part of any big gathering before, sometimes it could be clicky. It could feel clicky or it, you know, whether it's your perspective or it's true, it could feel the way. But her first attendance there, uh, she felt like, okay, man, I know everybody here. I can be, I can have a relationship with everyone here. 
uh, on another night, which was not too far ago, I had this thought, and this is what a, a young boy said. During a slow, this is me. During a slow night with one new attender, I had this thought, man, he's probably not enjoying this. He's, co he's continually on his phone. Moments later, somewhat out of place, he says, this is fun. And, and, and that's all he said. But from coming from this particular kid, I was like, okay, that means a lot. All right. So um, it's, we want to have fun. We're going to have food. We're going to build relationships. And that's what these big Wednesdays are surrounding. Um, going on um, our second and fourth Wednesdays. So what are we doing on those uh, offsets, second and fourth? There's, those are more for our core groups, people who want to dive deeper into the Bible, who want to know more about what's going on or how to grow in their faith. Uh, right now, that group has been consisted of Ian, uh, Tessa, and then Zeb. And so uh, we have deeper discussions about Jesus, and these young people help plan our youth group meetings, our youth group events. Uh, and then that, they meet on second and fourth Wednesdays. Uh, it's a small group. It's a, it's a form of Bible study, uh, food, obviously. The big subject this semester is how to fish for friends. Been, so not only are we bringing in people who have, are sharing their testimony, how they were reached, but also, man, here's some things you need to think about uh, when you're thinking about reaching your friends. And then uh, planning, which I mentioned. And one of the things we're planning this year is uh, this thing, this event called Zero Hour. Zero Hour is an event uh, or something they've been doing in Kansas City, uh, has a great reputation of making disciples. And we, this, I mean, from top to bottom, when I think about that, I'm talking about from church to youth, youth to church, kids space, whatever, we always think about making disciples. How can we make disciples? And they've done a good job of that throughout the Kansas City metro area. So they're putting on a conference uh, in January, uh, January 12th through the 15th, where we're going to be taking any of our youth working with some of our folks from Lawrence also with their youth and from Kansas City, Topeka uh, to like, hey, how can we be disciple makers at our high school? How can we be disciple makers at our high school? How can we reach our friends and, and bring them into a relationship that that they continue to uh, transformed and being called to a mission? And so uh, that's one of the things we're planning. And um, we're also what's in what's kind of. I don't know how to say it. We don't have anything set in stone, but this idea of like, what are some main topics that we can be addressing into this next year? Uh, one of the ones that was mentioned is, um, you know, healthy sexuality and LBGTQ and, th and that thing. How do we talk to our friends about uh, things like that? So those are the things that, some of the things that we were planning. Um, trying to see where I'm at. What's the next slide? Just so I can see where I'm at. It's a video. Okay, so in this next video, uh, we talked about Bible studies. One of the things that came out of it uh, via our friend Nick Detter, he said, uh, man, um, I was with a group of guys, and one of the things that this Bible study we're doing asked us to do was, hey, let's share about something we've been reading every day. And so in our group thread, we started posting these things that we were reading every day. And so I thought, man, this would be beneficial to do a uh, screen record and show you guys I mean, some of the things that have been text from our different uh, folks in this group thread that's part of the youth group. So there's no volume to it. So um, all right, pause that. All right. So I asked Ian just before this, and he said, OK. So, hey, guys, it's late. I know it's, I've been drinking coffee and doing math homework. Look, that guy's a strong. I like the guy. I'm in bed and haven't been able to sleep. So I, so here's, so instead of I, I'm in bed and I, I'm, I'm searching the Internet, I'm in bed, I'm doing this, uh, I've been thinking a lot about 
thing in general with youth group school and with my own relationship with friends. I'm getting some chances to be, I'm getting some more chances to be with a couple of friends and develop a brotherhood with them. I don't think they're Christian. Uh, would you let it scroll again? After some realization, it's easy to see some deep emptiness in people's souls from offhand things that, might, that they might say to unhealthy habits you realize and see after being around them. And he goes on to talk about, man, there's a hidden treasure in these people. Um, I forgot what the last part was, but this, just this idea of like, man, the youth in our community, they care. There's a lot of them that care. There's a lot of them that want to do something about the emptiness, the, 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 just the, the aimlessness that they see some of their friends going through, and they want to do something with their lives. I mean, that's what I wanted to do, and the gang was the biggest thing that I, saw, uh, that I, was, that I went towards. I'm not going to say there was, wasn't any other things, but, man, the youth, there's more than meets the eye when we think about youth. So uh, would you go ahead and let that play? <clears throat> All right, you could stop that and go to the next slide. I, 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 we wanted to put that up because we just want, I wanted to show you guys, it's like, look, man, these, these kids are thinking about stuff. Like, they're letting God influence their life. They're letting God change their life and, 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 and acting on the things they hear God saying. And so uh, it's a wonderful opportunity, wonderful opportunity, and we love what's, what's going on and how, uh, what God is doing. Uh, so, yeah, so... Uh, fishing for friends, how are we doing that? We have opportunities, like we said once already, with Eisenhower Middle School, uh, some of the volunteering we're doing there. Um, I, I have an opportunity not only to coach football at Eisenhower Middle School, but I'm also coaching uh, basketball at Rock Creek Middle School. And I told someone the other day, I think it was my wife, but I, I, I had this thought about a year ago, it's like, man, I get paid to coach. Like being in full-time ministry, if I wasn't in full-time ministry, I probably would be coaching, but it's like, not in the sense that people pay me to coach. That's, my job is more than that. But it's like that's one of the great things I get to do, be involved in not only kids' lives but families' lives. And if you have a free hour or two a week, I would encourage you to be a part of trying to coach in some way, in, in some type of rec league. But what happens is, is you get an opportunity to access people's hearts. So you talk about fishing. It's like casting a line. A lot of times – it's a month or two months down the road before I actually have an opportunity to really share the gospel with someone or get into a gospel relationship, uh, conversation with someone. But it provides an opportunity to just to be among the fishing hole and, and, and seeing who may be uh, ready for the gospel. And it's the same thing with these kids, with these young people. I say kids, young people, Zeb, Ian, Tessa, that they're in their schools. They've, uh, these guys have invited friends to these groups whether it was from their soccer team, basketball team, or just friends in the school. And so that's where the different sports teams and activities come from. And, uh, and I said that different places of serving. So um, uh, who is this group supported by? Well, um, Nick and Rebecca, many of you guys know Nick and Rebecca Detter. Uh, both of them are um, uh, grad students at K-State. Uh, Nick was reached at a middle school. His, his, he gave, he, with, uh, 
I don't want to get it wrong. So I know for sure he was he encountered a person who believed in Jesus as a middle school per person, and that's that's what draws him there. And uh, I think the same or something around the same with Rebecca. Uh, both of them have a great heart, bring a lot to the table, not only. Uh, uh, a lot of spunk to the environment, but just a lot of care for the students. And then there's my wife, Tori. Hey, babe. Um, who just, um, I think uh, about her like, uh, uh, just brings a lot of, um, one, one support for me, but also just a love that she has for people and students to want to grow. Matter of fact, that's what drew me to her. I mean, I thought she was attractive, but when she started helping out with youth ministry 20 years ago, I was like, man, I think I could like that girl right there. So, and then you see what happened. So, uh, then also Blue Mind Church, you guys, your prayers, your support. We, like we said, we eat food every time. And so a lot, a lot of that is coming, or most of that, or all of that is coming from the Blue Mind Church budget, all right, feeding these kids. But putting these events together help us draw these kids in. And so whether you're tithing, whether you're praying, just giving off, whatever you're doing to help not only supply the financial part, but the prayers to Blue Mont Church. Man, you're helping us reach the, the youth of this city who will one day go out and reach others. And so we think it's important that young people, middle school and high school students, have the opportunity to encounter Jesus regularly and, and, he, and be asked to give of what they have. We want to see them engage giants with the same conviction David had <clears throat> with, when he met Goliath. So honestly, Get your testimonies ready because we're going to eventually tap your shoulder to ask you to come and share your testimony with some of these students. Uh, at, at, some of these students are at, uh, at an event uh, because it's encouraging to hear stories. One of the first times we had it, uh, there was uh, Susanna and Bailey came and they didn't ask many questions. The students did. And so when Susanna and Bailey left, if I'm wrong, I think the words were like, oh, we didn't know if we got through or whatnot. But after we talked, I think it was the following week, they was like, oh man, we loved it. Here's the things that we pulled from what Susanna and Bailey said. And um, uh, can we have, you know, uh, some more people come. And so that, that, so get your testimonies ready. It's encouraging to hear how Jesus has influenced others' lives. And they are taking that same courage to challenge their friends and live for Jesus. So when they hear about, man, this is how, uh, um, uh, 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 Susanna was reached. This is how uh, Alex was reached. This is how these people reached. Man, I want to take what I just heard and try to reach my friend that same way forward. So um, I didn't have this plan, but I, I'm gonna just open. Uh, just any questions? Well, guys, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we meet at the ministry house first and third Wednesdays, and then second and fourth, it it um, it moves around a little bit. Mm -hmm. So uh, those second and fourth Wednesdays when we meet with CORE, uh, we would like to start meeting in people's homes. Um, like if someone says, hey, yeah, sign me up to share my testimony. We will, it'd be great if we can come to your home and, and meet there. We, we don't have a sign up, but we can create one. Um, and so, um, so when I heard that, I heard, man, create a sign up. So yeah, 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 mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> yeah. No, there isn't, uh, we, you guys are great, I love these questions. We, we, um, 
there's opportunities that are coming up that we haven't set in stone that we would, let me say it better than more accurate, that there will come up. So one, if you would like the scholarship kid going to a zero hour training in January, it's 50 bucks uh, to go, uh, for a student to go. Um, but that, that's just one of the, the ways right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so one of the things we've talked about with the students is, you know, fishing for friends. And there has come up some uh, anxiety in a sense, uh, like, uh, I'm not sure, I'm a little bit fearful of this, the other thing. So one is um, them resting on Jesus in that fear. Uh, it's the best way I could say it, or coming off the cuff, just like, it's, um, it, it, evangelizing can be intimidating if you, I think some of you guys know this. It can be it can, it can be intimidating. What does your friend kind of think? What is uh, am I making it awkward? Is it not awkward? How did that go? There's just so many thoughts that go through your mind when you're approaching it, when you share the gospel, and then afterwards. You know, I've had situations where people didn't respond, and then a week later, like, man, I, I really appreciate you saying that. And it's like, well, I wish you'd have said it after that, because this whole week I've been tripping. So, but just praying for them that they could overcome fear, that they wouldn't fear, that they wouldn't have the spirit of fear, but the power of love and a sound mind, like I said, the sake of Timothy, would be, be one, yeah. Once again, guys, we, we I mean, this, this is, we, we have a heart to see this community change and be a place where people would glorify and live for God. But when we're talking about youth, it's the same thing. We want to see young, you know, when people look at Blue Mountain Church, we want them to be able to go, okay, man, here's a, an older couple. Man, they're serving God. Oh, here's this mid-age couple or person. Oh, they're serving God. Oh, man, wow, here's a high school student. They're doing, I mean, uh, I'll just keep tooting on end, but the guy's helping lead and set up. Right, they're just like, man, that's, when I was that age, I wasn't doing that unless I was being forced, and then I was bitter doing it the whole time. So, but that just, just shows this, this thing in his heart, just like, man, I not only want to reach my friends, but I want to serve our church, you know? So, and, and Zeb's a part of that, and helping set up and other things, but we want people to look at and go, man, look at, man, here's this cross-cultural group of people influencing uh, uh, Manhattan for Jesus. So, with that, I'm gonna close in prayer. God, we thank you. We thank you that you give us examples from the Bible of young people who gave and live outside of themselves, um, that they answer the call, that they uh, want to see the, the giants in their day defeated, that they want to see uh, you glorified in all that is done, from set up to a drive to on their sports team to in their school to at their work, that Lord, that's, that's the heart, that's the thing that you're creating, Lord. But we have to, and in, in many cases, we have to be available to give them the opportunities to do that, Lord. And um, we, we thank you, we pray, we bless you, um, and Lord, may people drive safely home. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.